Do not handicap your children by making their lives too easy. Robert A. Heinlein. Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where we seek to unravel the mysteries of personal finance. Join us as we help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle with certified financial planner, Dan Caprell. Welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle Podcast. My name is Dan Capril, where each and every week we take that which many perceive as being complicated in the world of personal finance, and we try to show you just how easy it really is. Once you're willing to accept a few principles, such as the future is not predictable, there's no such thing as a free lunch. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Once you've accepted those principles, well, oh, and also it's always a good idea to follow the law you will find that personal finance really isn't all that hard. It's really just a matter of understanding the common sense and to a large extent, applying the discipline to it. So I wanna share with you a little story that leads into uh, today's discussion. And it has to do with my former next door neighbors. Moved into a house a little over 10 years ago. And the next door neighbors, at the time they had two daughters graduating from college, expensive colleges. And when I asked them what their plans were, they said, well, they haven't really started looking for a job yet, which I thought was interesting. They said, well, they're gonna come home and they're gonna live here for a while and then just kind of figure it out. Hmm. Their sister, their oldest sister was actually getting married later that summer. And so the mother told them all, don't look for a job right away. Take your time, you know, let's get through with the wedding and then you can go ahead and start looking. They actually bought their home specifically so that they could house the daughters. That was actually a primary concern of theirs. Now, this was a lot different than the message I got from my parents way back in 1985, when I remember the November of my senior year, my mother called me and she just, in a fashion only she can do, she just said, so what are you planning on doing after college? Now, that might seem like a very straightforward question, but I understood what that really meant. <laughs> You could translate that. And the, the translation was, you better have a job. You don't want to come back and live here. It won't be fun. So I assume you're making every effort to find a job. That was the meaning of what she said. And so I took a minute and then I said to her, worry not, mom. I will have a job one way or another before I graduate. That was the expectation. If I didn't have one, I would have felt like a failure. And you know what? they probably would have felt I was too. Completely different generation to what we have today. So before we get into today's program, I want to state what it is the obvious, which is I don't know you. If I don't know you, please, what I'm about to share with you, don't take it as advice, take it as education. Now, if you want it as advice, let's talk first. Give me a call, 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-7526. Let me get a clear understanding of your situation, and then we can decide what is the right fit for you or talk to your current advisor. If you'd like to schedule a time with me without calling me, you can do that too. Go to www.talktodc. Those are my initials, talktodc.com. You can schedule a time. I'll be more than happy to give you... Um, some thoughts and ideas there that comply to you. But otherwise, let's treat this as, as information, not necessarily directly advice for you. So today's puzzle of the week deals with the issue of millennials 
still living with their parents. Or maybe we shouldn't throw it on the whole generation. We should just say adults living with their parents. Now, again, as I said earlier, back in my day, I'm 55 now, but back in my day, that was a sign of failure. Uh, we actually knew a couple of guys that were living with their parents after, after college, and we, we did look down at them. <laughs> it was like, what the heck? You know, aren't you grown now? Now, I'm trying not to be judgmental. I know that things may be a little different, but I also think that to a certain extent, there's a mindset that's in place. Now, the reason that I'm emphasizing this issue is not to be judgmental against the idea of kids living at home. That could be, but that's not what's driving me. What's driving me is the fact that I know that when adult kids are still living with mom and dad, it's costing mom and dad money. And if it's costing mom and dad money, it's depriving mom and dad of their long-term economic freedom. The biggest gift, in my opinion, you can ever give your adult children is your own economic freedom. And so if your kids are still living at home, well, that can hurt. Now, I'm sure you're aware of the recent story in the news where the parents literally had to sue to get their kid out of the house. He was 30 years old. He had a kid, and he felt he was entitled to live with mom and dad. And they finally had to go to court to get him extracted from the house. Now, if I haven't already ticked you off and offended you because you think I'm being judgmental, I haven't really said anything yet to be judgmental, but do I think adult children who are perfectly capable, who have all their faculties, do I think that they should get the heck out of their parents' house? Yes, I do. I think it's good for the parents. I think it's even better for the kids. Now, it's estimated right now that almost one in four of the so-called millennial generation is still living with mom and dad. And I think a lot of that has to do with the expectation that we and parents have given them. We've given them that as an option. Now, I don't want you kicking your kid out if your kid graduated from college or whatever and was in tough times. You got to take care of them. We're family. I get that. It's when we create that to be the norm. And so I'll start on occasion. I'll start asking, you know, what's the plan? You know, why are we looking to do it that way? Now, naturally, the issue always surrounds cost. Now, if your child, your 25, 26-year-old, is already living at home, well, it's already happened. If you've got a 15-year-old, though, and you don't want them to be living in your basement when they're 25, well, then maybe what I'm about to share with you can be helpful. So the first issue that usually comes up as to why they're living at home is they hear, well, they've got so much debt from college that they can barely get by. So living at home allows them to do that. All right, well, let's tackle the debt issue where we choose to go to college, there should be a couple of factors involved there. And the first one is what's the right fit academically, but also what's the right fit economically. I'm sorry, if you're gonna to go to a 50,000 or $60,000 a year school, and you're gonna study anthropology or sociology, or in my case, journalism, that is not gonna pay off well for you. Chances are you will have wasted your money. I'm sorry, it's true with very few exceptions. Those are not the types of majors for which you're going to have a large job market. Oh, you may find a museum or somewhere that might want you, but it's not gonna pay you incredibly well. Therefore, knowing that if that's really what you want to study, well, first of all, you should question that. Should I really be studying those things? Or should that maybe be a hobby? Now, if you think you have what it takes to be a scholar, all right, fine, I'm not gonna argue with you. But you know, you're gonna get a job in the university. But otherwise, you need to evaluate that. If you're convinced though that that has to be your line of work, well then fine. You have to therefore then get that education as cheaply as possible. 
because there isn't going to be that reward for it. So if you're able to come out of college and not owe $200,000, maybe owe as much as a car payment, well, that's going to make it easier for you to be independent. So you as a parent want to counsel in that manner. You need to point that out. This idea that, Johnny, you can go wherever you want to go and you can study wherever you want to study. Guys, it's not logical. It's just not based in reality. There's a consequence to be paid for that and the parents will pay the consequence. Look, I know you love your kids. I love my son too. But you know, giving them the ability to be independent is a very powerful thing that we can do for them. We don't want to make life so easy so that when we're no longer in the picture, they suffer. So I'll hear that. So I'll hear, well, they've got so much college debt, they can't. All right, so step one is let's make sure there's not a lot of college debt. Then I'll hear about housing costs. Oh, it's just so darn expensive. Well, that depends on where you're looking to live. Now, I don't want anyone's kid to have to live in a dangerous area. But I also don't think that a commute is going to kill your kid. I used to commute over an hour each way when I was in my 20s because that's how far I had to live from Chicago to where I could afford a place. Actually, my first apartment at a college, I, it was a one bedroom that I shared with my college roommate because our attitude was, well, we shared one room when we were in the dorm. So as long as we respect each other's space, it should work out fine. It worked out great. So we cut our rent in half. And um, since we got along well, and he, his family was from the area, so he would go, he had a, they had a lake house over the weekend, so I never saw him on the weekends. It, it was perfect. It worked out just great. But after that, when I was no longer rooming with him, I had to go over an hour away before I could find a place that I could afford. All right, those are the things that we do. I brought that up, though, and sometimes people are like, oh, my Lord. Let me give you another option. Move to a city or find a job in a city where the cost of living is less. Ooh, this is crazy. You mean leave this hometown that which we've grown in? Yeah. People do it all the time. Doesn't kill them at all. I live in a town in Cincinnati, Ohio. It, it, it blows my mind. Now, first of all, Cincinnati is not an expensive town. It's not cheap. It's not. It's clearly on the, uh, you know, in terms of cost, I got to believe it's maybe in the 50 percentile or something like that. It's, uh, so it's, it's reasonable. Not as reasonable as Kansas City where I used to be, but... But it's definitely still reasonable. But, you know, there are people that the thought of leaving Cincinnati to live somewhere else where the cost of living might be even better. Oh, they can't even fathom that. Well, fathom it. Fathom it. You'll meet new people. You'll expand your mind. You'll make new friends. Do it. You'll be better off for it. So then I hear things like, well, you know, I don't like the idea of rent. I want to build equity. Oh, that one really gets to me. Because I can translate that a number of ways. This idea that you don't want to pay rent. So let me, let me explain something to you. If you're going to buy a home, and let's say you throw, I don't know, 10% down. Nowadays, people are lucky if they even do that. You're going to be paying rent. You're going to be paying rent on the money that you needed to get from the bank in order to buy the house. You don't own anything. All you have is this big old loan now. And through many, many years, the overwhelming majority of your payments will be interest. And then on top of that, you're going to pick up the cost of maintenance and property taxes and all these other things. So please, that's the biggest myth that's been sold. To a certain extent, I blame the real estate industry for that. You know, I hear this all the time. Why rent when you can own for less? Well, you're not, unless you are paying cash for that house, you don't own the house, right? You're just borrowing their money, the, the bank's money. 
you're renting their money, I should say, and you're servicing it with a lot of interest for many, many years. So renting is not as heinous as some have made it out to be. Look, the big issue here is your independence. So I'm obviously speaking to both parents and I'm speaking to children. Children, you wanna be an adult. You wanna grow up. If you're a boy, you wanna become a man. If you're a girl, you wanna become an independent woman. There's power in that, real, real power. Your independence, your self-reliance, you can go on to do great things. If you're a parent, you've played the job, you've done the role. You've, you've fed them, you've, you've clothed them, they're ready to roll. Let the birdie leave the nest. It's time for you to go on to the next stage of your life. They become independent, they're going to hopefully meet the right person someday, have a family, and you're gonna enjoy all that. I think it was Ray Romano who said, living at home will save you a lot of money in uh, rent, utilities, and dates. <laughs> Don't do it. I see this becoming a bigger and bigger issue. I see people my age and older, I'm in my mid-50s, who have what are essentially these anchor children that just don't go away. And they're costing you more and more money. And it's because it's hard for us to cut the cord. Cut the cord. I actually blame us men. I used to ask a question, how many, how many men were there, were in the delivery room when their children were born, and the hands will go up, and they'll say, oh, did you cut the cord? And they'll say, yeah. And I'll say, you know, I've kind of noticed, ever since they started letting men in the delivery room, the umbilical cord really doesn't get cut anymore because it just continues on. Now, let's, let's remember, it wasn't that long ago we had 19-year-olds leading battalions across Europe and doing incredibly great things. We've kind of gotten soft this idea that, oh, you can't grow up too fast. Yeah, you can. Grow up fast is not a bad thing. It'll force you to mature. It'll force you to be better. But more than anything, parents, it's going to protect your retirement. So I know I've been a little bit on the soapbox today. I apologize. I just see this becoming an issue. And it's not always just a 25, 26-year-old. I've seen 35-year-olds. I've seen 40-year-olds. They make bad decisions, and then they expect mom and dad to be there for them and to continue to clean up the mess. Guys, they need to stand on their own. They need to figure it out on their own. No, I don't want anybody starving. I don't want anybody to be homeless. But putting the challenge out there, there can be some real benefits for that. It's that old idea of tough love, but I know it can be done. All right, so it's time for a little bit of homework. In our show, almost every week, I give you a little bit of homework based on what we've talked about. It's not enough just to hear about it. We need to do something about it. So here's the deal. If you have a child under the age of, say, let's go between the ages of 10 and 20, all right, I want you to have a discussion with them about their future. And I want you to tell them that they should aspire to become very independent at a very early age, that they should study a subject in school that will get them a good job and will allow them to be financially independent and that they should go out and seek their own housing upon graduation. Have that discussion. Set that expectation. Do what my mom did. So what are your plans after college? If I had said, oh, I don't know, mom, I'll graduate and come home and figure it out. I don't know. They might have moved and forgot to tell me. You want to have that. Having that discussion early can be very valuable. Now, 
If you've got one of these millennials living in your home and you'd like to shake them free, do it. Set time limits. Tell them, okay, we're not kicking out tomorrow. We're going to give you whatever amount of time it is. Now, here's the thing. If you set a time limit, let's say six months, you have to constantly remind them of that because six months will seem like a long time. Actually, my advice is make it three months, three months, and then you have to remind them. It's now two months and three weeks. It's now two months and two weeks, but you're going to have to do it. It's for their own good. Trust me, deep down, their self-confidence is not being enhanced by the fact they're living in your basement. So by enabling it, it's not going to be helpful. So I want to thank you for listening to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Again, this topic was a little bit different, but how you spend your money is a big factor in terms of how you protect it. And this issue of, of older children just naturally living at home and thinking it's the norm, it shouldn't be the norm. And it worries me. It worries me in terms of helping people to plan for their financial future. The fact that their kids could be dependents for a very, very long time. Don't kid yourself. It's going to hurt. So don't let it. Give your kids the greatest gift you can give them, their independence. Do it. You'll be glad. If you want to reach out to me at any time, feel free to do so. 513-563-PLAN is my number. 513-563-7526. Or you can schedule a time. Go to www.talktodc.com and you can schedule a time. Again, I'm Dan Capril. Thank you for listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.